Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at SotaSoccer.com, S-O-T-A Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash SotaSoccer. We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. up and welcome in it's another edition of 10,000 pitches a podcast devoted to everything minnesota soccer and beyond my name is jeremy rushing and we are here for episode 123 and alongside me as always mr dominic jose bazonio dj how we doing i'm i'm doing well it's uh we're, we're getting as as we will talk about today uh we're getting to that point where all the sort of um summer season soccer leagues are, are coming back into action for for me particularly MLS and, and League of Footway. So preseason, both of those. So all my, uh, all my soccer energy is getting geared back up to uh, <laughs> think about that every day. So uh, looking forward to, to that as it continues and looking forward to time about it today. The hibernation period is almost over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, you've been enjoying your Wednesdays and Saturdays to yourself. Um, just, just, uh, gear up because it's going to be a, a busy, busy summer ahead. And of course we'll have you covered here at sodasoccer.com and the 10,000 pitches podcast as well. We of course are presented by sodasoccer.com. your home for soccer coverage in the North. Um, check us out. S O T a soccer.com. Just before we started recording here, Dom, um, Jacob Schneider dropped his preseason loon droppings. Uh, if you will, on the site, little preseason Minnesota United update, kind of going over a lot of the things that we're going to discuss on the podcast here, but offering his spin and his take on it. So if you uh, like Minnesota United, as you probably do, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure you go check that out at sodasoccer.com. We will have you covered with all the Minnesota United lower league and college news all through the summer, all through the fall. So make sure you're checking us out and bookmarking us subscribing wherever you can, all that good stuff. Speaking of subscribing, if you've not subscribed to our podcast feed, please do. Let's you know when we drop a new episode. And with that Minnesota United season right around the corner, we'll also let you know when we drop a new episode of Post Loons, which is our Minnesota United postseason or postseason post-game podcast, post-match podcast, if you will, with rapid reaction, rapid analysis. And we're just about five weeks away from the beginning of that MLS regular season from Minnesota United season opener. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed so you can get all that great content here. If you haven't left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whichever one is your preferred platform, please do that as well. And of course, you can follow us on all the socials, mainly Twitter though, at SodaSOC. Dom, the snow's never going to end, is it? It's just <laughs> never going to end. Seems like every week there's another snowstorm. I, I I talked last time about my um, you know um, inability to get my snowblower ready for the winter, so I have been shoveling 
and there was more shoveling this morning. It was, it, it's been, I mean, what we're January 19th as we're recording this. I'm already over it. And we have like <laughs> at least three months to go. I don't know. How, how, how do I make it through Dom? Uh, I don't know if there's an answer to that question. I would buy. Yeah. I will say we're in a weird rhythm. I, I feel like, um, I mean, to be fair, this is my first uh, winter living in Minneapolis. So maybe I'm just used to different areas or something, but um does feel like there's a little bit of a loop happening where there'll be like three days where it's quite warm. Everything kind mm-hmm. of starts to melt. And then suddenly there'll be another snowstorm that <laughs> rotates in to replace the snow that has, that has melted away. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my concern frankly is for, uh, for my day job is that sometimes snow results in high school games being canceled, which is not fun. Yep. So I'm hoping that doesn't, I, I believe this storm as we're recording, it's not really a storm, but the snow I believe is going to be done by the evening. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. We live here for some reason and this is just what we Yeah, we choose, about. we choose this. So I guess we shouldn't <laughs> complain about it if we're choosing this, right? Yeah. So anyways, um, on to the content. Uh, we talked about Minnesota United and the season ramping up. And as the season ramps up, they're starting to ramp up their their activity as a front office. Not saying they haven't been active, but actually getting some things over the line. And that included the signing of 21-year-old center back Mikhail Marquez from Swedish club AFC Eskilstuna. I don't know if I'm I'm probably completely butchering that name, but um, that's where he is from. 21 years old, of course, uh, likely going to be part of that U22 MLS initiative. Looks like 250K was the transfer fee there. We're going to go kind of more in depth on Marquez in this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time. So make sure you're following us at patreon.com slash soda soccer. Support us there and get that piece of bonus content. But Dom, just kind of a quick high-level reaction. A young center back being signed for Minnesota United. Do my eyes deceive me? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is more or less uh, what, what we've been talking about. Uh, obviously, we'll have to see how he individually turns out, but but the concept is what we've been talking about. Um, of course, with this U22 initiative thing that's still kind of been developing, that's proven to be more so the answer than the, a DP spot, uh, which mm-hmm. makes sense given you know, his age. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting signing. We'll, we'll talk more about it later, but definitely an interesting individual coming from uh, well, the second division in Sweden, but but Sweden overall obviously produces a lot of interesting talent, uh, including an MLS. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, how he fits into this team. Speaking of interesting players that are on this team and some young production, how about uh, Tanya Luashe scoring the lone goal for Minnesota United's one 0 win over NYCFC, their preseason friendly opener down in Florida. Dom, I have to tell you, when I saw the picture of Alua Shea, I even put this in the Slack. I was like, wait, is that Bakai Dabasi? But he looks like a he looks exactly like a young Bakai Dabasi. It, it <laughs> kind of threw me off for a minute. But anyways, uh, um, this is somebody who, you know, when he was drafted last year, um, I remember watching the Super Draft broadcast and David Goss from MLS was just very, very high on this selection, saying this is somebody he could see being a key, key contributor for Minnesota in the short term, not just a long-term play, but even in the short term, making an impact on the roster. Obviously he was uh, primarily actually almost exclusively with MNUFC two last year. Uh, but, you know, maybe making a little bit of a impact here in the preseason, if he can come along, this is just another kind of piece that, that Minnesota United, another piece of youth, another injection of youth 
that Minnesota United so desperately needs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's there's still a lot of questions about this team up front. Um, questions that with all the rumors and all the people that have, you know, stayed at the team or left the team uh, feel still pretty unanswered. Um, and so it, it's going to be interesting to see if people in his position, you're younger, you're more, more of a second team guy, uh, at least first year, and in his case, a super draft pick. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if he can make the most of the of sort of the opportunity and join that conversation uh, and make some room for himself. I think at the very least, if he ends up having, you know, another, uh, a good MLS Nets pro season, maybe a, more games, maybe more goals. If he has one of those, I think, you know, he can still say that his career is on track. But, uh, you know, if he can continue to, to perform well in this preseason, perhaps we see some first-team action from him in, in league play or in open cup play, whatever it may be, uh, league's cup play. Um, and I think that would be a really great bridge for him to start to cross this year because, as you said, he's, he's really been hyped up to be the real deal. We just haven't necessarily seen that um, just because of how things played out in 2022. So uh, very curious to, to learn more about him, see more of him playing at a higher level. There's obviously a couple more preseason games before the season starts. Curious to see if he gets significant minutes or another goal and all of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the fun of preseason is, is that it provides opportunities for different players to make the case for themselves um, and, and impress. And, and often that means something like winning more minutes in the first team or even in the, in the Nets pro team. Uh, in Minnesota's history, there's been more odd versions of it, like Hiro Toyama scoring a hat trick in preseason for Minnesota United and getting that contract at Forward Madison. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, there's 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 a lot of possibilities in these games and a lot of younger guys that aren't proven yet use this as a great opportunity to show what they've got. So it's great to see him doing that. And uh, I hope to see more of him in this preseason. And hopefully that translates to more of him in the regular season. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of developing to be an interesting dynamic with the striker position specifically for Minnesota because, I mean, it's it's crowded, but at the same time, nobody has actually put their stamp down and actually said, this is me. You had Luis Maria who had, you know, one good month and was, was, you know, was the striker that we hoped he would be during Minnesota United's big run in July and August last year. And then as the loons fell off, so did, so did Amaria. Um, aside from that, we haven't really seen much consistency at all from anybody at the striker position. So that's a position to be had. Now, with that being said, of course, we know the rumors and the links to uh, two potential South Korean strikers from Minnesota who would each probably be uh, DP caliber strikers. So we'll just have to see where all those pieces fall. But I mean, the more guys that step up and and kind of you know, make themselves available and give Adrian Heath and co something to look at. I think the better, um, obviously when it comes to goal scoring production for Minnesota, the more guys that they can have potentially contributing that to the loons, um, right. the better because they have needed that for sure. Um, we talked about a Louis Shea and you, and UFC two a little bit. Um, and Malik Khan from Minnesota United two was named male youth player of the year by the Trinidad and Tobago football association. Um, he made his debut in American soccer this season with five MNUFC two appearances also had four nations league B caps and four CONCACAF U 20 championship caps for Trinidad and Tobago in 2022. Um, really cool honor. Um, it seems like, you know, not even just with Minnesota United's main roster, but it seems now it's trickling down to MNUFC two, you know, not just 
internationally capped players, but guys who are making a big impact for their uh, for their countries as well. And I think for a young guy like Khan, um, that only can mean good things, not only for his his international career, but obviously for his club career. And hopefully we can translate a little bit of that to uh, to the pitch with them in UFC two, and eventually, hopefully, Minnesota United. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's 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 funny when when this um, story or when when this piece of news came to me, I, I I went and went to check how old Malik Khan was because I didn't recall and I didn't realize how young he was. I'd forgotten. Uh, this yep. is a guy that has so much time ahead of him. He's a teenager, <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, it, it's really cool to see a, a guy that's as young as he is finding his way up that ladder obviously um had a a big step to take this last year moving uh to an mls team into an mls that's pro team uh made some appearances in there uh still has work to do in terms of you know becoming a a, a, a all and out part of that team a, a game by game a week to week part of that team but that's certainly something that that can happen this year and what's probably most encouraging about his potential is that he's managed to to make a place for himself in the Trinidad and Tobago national team at the youth and the senior level, the the nation's league games, of course, being senior games. Um, and uh, you know he's made like eight appearances between two significant tournaments. Uh, clearly, a lot of potential. This is a guy that just <laughs> left the uh, Trinidad and Tobago uh, league. So this is a guy that still has a lot of of room to grow, a lot of time to grow. But it's great to know that Minnesota United have um, a project, an, an interesting project like that kind of waiting in the wings for them. Yeah. And you know, to put it in perspective, you mentioned he's a teenager. Yeah, he turns 19 in April. So yeah. he is he is somebody who, you know, we've talked about youth and we've talked about wanting promising young players who we can see with the loons not only three, four, five years down the line, but even maybe seven, eight, nine, ten years down the line. Uh, Malik Khan seems to be one of those guys. And if he's not, maybe at the very least, he's somebody who you can uh, you can sell on um, for a good sure. chunk of uh, change as well. So um, obviously time will only tell what Malik Khan's future holds with Minnesota United. But as it stands with his international uh, caps as well, um, he's got a really, really good start at just 18 years old. Um, moving on now to lower league. That's it for Minnesota United News. Again, we will talk about uh, a little bit more about Mikel Marquez, Minnesota United's latest signing uh, on 10K stoppage time this week. So make sure you're checking us out at patreon.com slash soda soccer. But in just a minute, we're going to talk lower league news. At the end of an era, some tryouts happening for lower league clubs and more signings for USL League 2 coming up in just a minute. We will get back into the episode in just a quick minute, but uh, of course you've heard us talk about Pence Holmes numerous times, not only here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, but also on the Saloons postgame show during the Minnesota United season as well. And the reason why we are so grateful for Pence Holmes support is it's so rare to find a local business like Pence Holmes who is so committed to helping support the local Minnesota soccer community. And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they're sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club. They're sponsoring Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities, Soda Soccer included, and 10,000 Pitches included. So, 
If you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. P-E-N-T-Z homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to pencehomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point, but the hundreds of reviews that they have over at PenceHomes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, N-A-T-E, at PenceHomes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Homes for supporting Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches podcast. Let's get back into the show. Welcome back to 10K, and it's time to talk lower league news. If you are a prospective player, somebody who's wanting to get on the field this summer, uh, make sure you're taking note. Uh, Union Eau Claire, Sioux Falls Thunder, FC Minneapolis, both or all, all three holding upcoming tryouts in February, March, and April um, specifically. So make sure you're checking those out. Um, and we'll try to forward that info along as much as we can on our social media too. But Dom, it is the end of an era with virtual soccer. They got us through the pandemic, single-handedly got us through the early parts of the pandemic. But now it looks like this will be the last year for the lower league E-Cup. The E-Cup announcing 2023 in its fourth year will also be its last. And as of this recording, the following area clubs have been announced to be participating um, Evan Warwick will be representing Forward Madison. Yosef Elsawi, um, winner, prior, previous winner of the Lower League E-Cup, will be representing Duluth FC this year. Joey Tucci for Bateau and Vlora FC will also be involved once again, but with Yosef Elsawi not representing them and representing Duluth this year, Vlora um, has yet to announce who their representative will be for the E-Cup. But Dom, I have to admit, this news really bummed me out when I first saw it on Twitter. Um, the the E-Cup was, uh, it has been uh, just something I look forward to every single year, kind of bringing that lower league soccer community together via FIFA. And, um, you know, looking forward to this edition, but a little sad, a little bittersweet knowing it'll be the last. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's great that they're going to uh, try and, you know, fit one more tournament in before uh, wrapping things up. And I'm sure it's going to be a fun time. But, yeah, obviously it's it's unfortunate to say, Goodbye to what's become sort of a, a really fun part of the of the lower league community um, and, and a really cool sort of meeting ground for all these teams from all over the country and for fan bases, individuals that, you know, support a, a NPSL, UP, UPSL, USL League 2 team in whatever state in the union. And they get to interact with people on the other side of the country who have that little connection with them because they also are involved in those levels of the game. And also... You, you have uh, pro teams that kind of interact, uh, you know, Ford Madison, obviously, I think the Greenville Triumph already are um, yep. announced as part of it as well. And um, that's often been the case. There's usually been a couple of League One or like NISA teams involved. Um, so it was great to see that continue. But yeah, it's, it's been a really fun part of the of the community. Um, even like for myself, for example, you know, I'm not like a, I, I play FIFA sometimes. I, I'm not particularly focused at all on like the pro scene of it but it's been really fun to see to use this as a bridge to that um, and have a way to be more invested in 
that sort of higher level FIFA playing by having it be kind of this representative of, of, of our community. Um, uh, and, and, you know, they, they talked about in the statement when they announced this is the last one, they talked about how this project kind of started because of COVID. Obviously, it was sort of a way to get through the pandemic because a lot of these teams weren't able to play uh, and how, you know, it, they kind of they arrived at the conclusion that, well, that was kind of done. So, you know, yeah. I, I, they were not necessarily interested in having a uh, e-sports e tournament for the rest of eternity. They, they were, you know, their mission was completed. And kudos to everybody at the lower league e cup for what they were able to do to really help people stay connected um, at a time where lower league clubs essentially had no way of doing anything physically mm -hmm. other than play FIFA. So uh, they, they did a really good service to sort of help keep the, the health of the, of the lower league community, I feel, and, uh, and, and huge kudos to them for that. But yeah, uh, looking forward to this last tournament, looking forward to seeing all these different area teams uh, hopefully do well. Uh, obviously, Valora did exceptional last year, two titles. Um, but uh, of course, all these other organizations also have a good history in esports, uh, and I'm sure there'll be more that join by the time it actually happens. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to one more, one more, uh, one more adventure with the lower league e cup before it's all done. One of the coolest parts of this to me is it's kind of almost kickstarted some like competitive gaming careers for for you know, guys you know that this is kind of giving them a bit of a a stage uh if you will to kind of show off their skills i mean yufasa himself yosef i mean he you know he is doing a lot of different competitive fifa things now um and i think a lot of that is due i mean he won the e-cup last year right so that obviously gives you a little bit of notoriety and something you can put on a on a resume if you will uh in that community so um yeah it's a very very cool tournament um Everybody at the lower league e cup should be very, very proud of what they've done over these last three years, but four uh, soon to be four editions of the tournament. And I look forward to watching the the last edition coming up. Uh, I believe that's going to be happening in the early part of the summer. So um, on the field though, in the lower league scene, Rochester FC announcing player signings once again, filling out their rosters for both USL league two and USLW league. Um, as far as league two goes, Armin Dedich. Midfielder from Waterloo, Iowa, attends Western Illinois, previously played in UPSL with Iowa Raptors. Um, Adam Krikora, returning RFC player from Cheb Chechia. Uh, he is a defender uh, for Viterbo University. And at the club, he's been he's been at Rochester since 2019, uh, attending Byron High School as well. So a little local flavor, regional flavor on the League Two side. And as far as the W League goes, uh, Sarah Speltz is a Winona native and a Cotter High School alum. Um, she's a midfielder who played her freshman year soccer at Northern State University, but is set to transfer to UW Lacrosse next season. And then Maddie Salas, defender from Houston, Texas, plays for LSU Shreveport, the second uh, W League signee from LSU Shreveport in the last couple of weeks there for Rochester uh, FC as well. So obviously, before you feel the team, you got to build the roster. And it seems like RFC are continuing to do that with both local and national players, which is kind of what you have to do. You have to have that mix at this level um, if you're going to if you're going to compete. Yeah, I think, you know, part part of part of why we're talking a couple of weeks in a row about Rochester FC's Rochester FC signings is because they're really the only team putting out like this kind of information this early, which is great. But part of it, too, is that there's a lot of interesting details in, like, the kind of players that they're adding here, right? Because we didn't know what this roster was going to look like. This is a new league for this team, a new level. 
uh, for this team. I think it's fair to say it's a different level than the UPSL. So um, it, it, it is really interesting to see how they're playing this together. And it's very encouraging to see that there's actually quite a lot of, of local um, connection still in this, this team, uh, which is fitting because, of course, that's sort of um, message that Rochester FC has had their whole existence is wanting to be focused on local talent. But you never know what's going to happen when you have to deal with, uh, you know, being in a conference with the Des Moines Menace and so on. Uh, and, and so it's great to see a lot of these signings are uh, either from Rochester or from that sort of general southern Minnesota area, uh, Winona, for example. Uh, and, and that's really encouraging. You even have um, with um, Adam, you have a UPSL player that's actually moving up with the team, which is really cool. Uh, but what I also like is that when the players aren't from Southern Minnesota or Minnesota in general, they're often from like Iowa or or an, another neighboring area. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there There's a lot of sort of second degree local uh, connections with the players that aren't literally from Minnesota. And that's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this team plays again. We don't know yet what that's going to look like, but they're putting together a really interesting roster. Some Some folks playing really good college ball which is encouraging uh and uh yeah really looking forward to having minnesota's presence in uh well in the w league and in uso league to really expand and and sort of diversify a little bit in the w league it'll be obviously that's just the second team uh yet to to join that league and league two of course will be the third but with with both i think minnesota had made a lot of progress last year with its representation but i think there needs to be that next step. There needs to be a little more of that range of representation, more of the state represented. And uh, it, it's really encouraging to see Rochester FC really step up to get, basically get that job done. And obviously more announcements, I'm sure, to come in the coming weeks for Rochester FC and more announcements to come with all the other local clubs as well. Uh, you know, on the League Two side, you have Minneapolis City and St. Croix. Um, you have the entire NPSL North Conference um, that will be sans Minneapolis city this year. And then of course you have the UPSL well represented in Minnesota as well. So well, more signings announced more to come. And I'm sure a much longer segment of our show will be dedicated to these signing announcements as we get closer and closer to the season, but that's all we have for you on the news front today. It is time now to finish things off. Like we always do with top four, um, Dom and I each pick two stories that don't necessarily have to do with Minnesota soccer or might be tied to Minnesota soccer, but don't fit in the normal rundown of the show. And we kind of finish off by talking about those. And Dom, I'm going to let you go first here. Oh, okay. Um, to be perfectly honest, neither of mine are super Minnesota, but they're both soccer related. And, the, and, and well, they both have ways they connect to Minnesota a little bit. But um, my first one is, uh, is, is a, I wanted to do an audio shout out to Cat Shepherd, who none of our audience know who Cat Shepherd is. But Cat um, Shepherd is actually... Uh, a, a very uh, close colleague and friend from from Footvay English. Um, she's sort of Footvay English is run by by me and Jordan Florit, but Kat is sort of part of our uh, support staff. She's sort of part of our behind the scenes collaborative help, and uh, she's a, a former um, Venezuelan uh, national team player, women's national team player, a former Caracas FC women's player. And uh, she's been coaching in Spain for many years now, doing sort of different um, administrative roles and coaching roles in Spain. And she actually just got appointed as the head coach of the Real Madrid 
women's U18 team. And wow. we are, she's previously been uh, coaching younger age groups there. Um, and she also does a lot of work with like, you know, a lot of these teams will do these like camps internationally where they'll like, you know, do that kind of stuff. So she does, she does a lot of that sort of administrative stuff, but she's just gotten a, a very big promotion to the U18 team. And we're very proud of her for that. And, she, and we're very lucky to have her uh, somehow be the part of our Twitter <laughs> bullshit shenanigans. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, I just want to give an a, a audio. We already posted about it on Twitter, but I want to give her a shout out on a podcast. And this is the next podcast I was doing. So I wanted to say congratulations to her. Um, and if you want to know more about Cash Shepherd, Fave English did a podcast with her one time. So you can go find that. But uh, but she's go. a really cool story. She's a really cool person. And uh, it's very, very cool to see her uh, continuing to live out her dreams. So I just wanted to, to say that. All right. That's uh, that's very, very cool. And it's cool. It's always cool when somebody that you know, somebody you're really close to, tied to, gets an opportunity like that. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very much worth the shout out. Um, my first shout out isn't really a shout out. It's more just getting something off my chest. I know we're not going to talk about Everton on this episode. Um, if I talk about that, I will probably punch my laptop. So we're not going to do that. Um, however, we're going to talk about how annoying it is that both Arsenal and Manchester United are both just really good in the same year. That I can't remember the last time that happened. I don't even know if I was even watching soccer the last time that happened, but it's happening this year. And my Twitter timeline is exponentially more annoying than it's been in years <laughs> past, Dom. And I, I have to imagine there's a coincidence there. Yeah, there might be a connection. There might be a connection. <laughs> um, yeah, I get what you mean. I'm, def I'm very happy that there's like a very good chance someone other than Manchester City is going to win the league. But I agree that like, the, the the series of teams that have been chosen to ca carry that torch is questionable in terms of my <laughs> my preference. <laughs> I mean, I don't even to be to be perfectly honest, the Arsenal side of it, I I I didn't mind. What's more bothersome is the fact that suddenly Manchester United are kind of good, uh, and uh, yeah, that that that's really the part that that tips it over the edge for me a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, is what it is. It's I, like I, I, it's I, like in a movie or something, Dom, when like a you know a genie pops out and it's like, okay, <laughs> you get one wish, and you're like, please, anybody but Liverpool or Man City at the top of the <laughs> of the table, and the genie is like, are you sure? Be careful yeah. what you wish for, and you're like, yes, I'll take anybody, and then you see it's Arsenal, and you're like, no, wait, not them, <laughs> anyone but them. Uh, that's true. That's how it is. One thing, but, one thing that is very encouraging to me though is that uh, you know obviously a lot of season left, but also that like everybody below those teams are like dark horse underdog teams. So that, yeah. that's kind of fun. The fact that yeah, like have, the, the rest of the top Newcastle eight right now and Fulham, are like Fulham and Brentford. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brighton. So maybe, maybe one of those will, will jump uh, Manchester United at some point, but I'm not necessarily, I'm not fully convinced Manchester United are back yet. So, um, but uh, no, I, I definitely get, I definitely get your point. Um, my, uh, my last top four uh, is going to be a, a sort of a making sure people know about a tournament that's upcoming. It's actually starting the day we're recording uh, the 19th and it's going to continue for, gosh, I think maybe two weeks. Uh, and that is that the, the South American U20 uh, championship, men's championship 
uh, is starting this week, those days that I mentioned. Uh, this is a, a, a very prominent tournament. One, because it is in itself essentially, you know, it's almost like a, a U20 Copa America to, in a sense. Um, it's a big deal for these teams, but it's also actually the uh, U20 World Cup qualifying tournament uh, for South America. Every time this tournament happens, uh, it is a huge opportunity for players to get scouted every year. Players that do well at this tournament and often do well at the World Cup following it get signed to big teams. I promise you, if you're listening and if you follow, I assume you follow an MLS team, probably Minnesota United or maybe another MLS team. If you follow a European team, I promise you in like two years, one of those teams that you like will be looking at a guy that got onto the spotlight because of this tournament that's about to start. 100%. Um, all, those, all those young guys in that Argentina side that won the World Cup, all of them shined in these level tournaments three years ago. I forget exactly what year the last one was. Maybe three years ago, yeah. Um, so uh, really excited for it. Uh, I think the next one is in 2025, so that's about the cycle that, the, that these are on. And um, I, I'm personally excited for, for Venezuela, but... Um, uh, every South American team obviously competes, and uh, I promise you to keep a, you should keep an eye on on how it goes. It's probably going to be some names that you're going to look on a Google search now, and then three years from now they're going to be scoring in a league that you you watch. So, uh, just wanted to let people know that that's going on. Yeah, very very cool, and it's just you know the the South American talent. I mean, talk about Minnesota United specifically. I mean. How many times have we, how many new pieces of talent have they brought in from Central or South America over the last just yeah. two or three years specifically? It seems to be one of their main areas that you're, you're scouting. So, I mean, just specific to Minnesota United, if you want to know, if you want to kind of get the inside track on who they might be looking at in the next one, two, three years, this may be a great tournament to look at. So, 100%, 100% agree with you there. Um, I hate to, I hate to do this, but I didn't know where else to fit this into the show. So we're going to end on a bit of a, a bit of a sad note, but I did want to bring it up, um, and just put our hearts out to the family and friends of, uh, Anton Walks. Anton Walks, excuse me. Um, the 25 year old passed away after a tragic boating accident in South Florida. Uh, he played for Spurs Academy and Portsmouth before joining Atlanta United, playing, a, playing a handful of years there. And then he was drafted by Charlotte FC in the 2022 expansion draft. Um, and started 21 games for them last year. Um, just a terrible tragedy. Um, the thing that stands out to me here, 25 years old, so much life left to live. And um, I mean, our, our heart goes out to everybody impacted by this. I have to imagine the Charlotte FC organization, fan base, the rest of those players. Um, I can't imagine what they're going through right now. Obviously his family as well. Um, um, you know, sending our condolences and our, our, our hearts and our thoughts out to everybody impacted. Um, I don't even know what else to say. This is just, it's, it's terrible, terrible news. And I think it's also just one of those reminders that, you know, it can all end in an instant. Life is, is, is short. And uh, just another one of those unfortunate reminders to, you know, hold your loved ones close, tell the people you love them, you love them because you never know when it's going to be your last time that you do so. Um, and, and yeah, that's going to be, um, it's just one of those pieces of news that kind of hits with you and stays with you and weighs heavily on you. And um, it's, it's always, it, it, you hate seeing these kind of news with somebody so young and uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, don't really know what else to say. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll just quickly add. Yeah, it it, it obviously is very tragic, and, and and of course, condolences to everybody affected. Obviously, his family, his friends, and of course, the the fan bases of um, the teams that he's been a part of. Um, you know, it, it, it's really unfortunate. You know, I see this news. I think of also, you know, recently there's been a couple different players who have had some really um, scary injuries in the NFL. Yep. And it reminds me of, you know, when you're like a, a kid, uh, and by that I mean like a, actually a kid, not just young, but, you know, a little kid, athletes kind of seem like um, like uh, immortal to you. They just are sort of these figures that are doing this crazy stuff on TV or, or if you go in person in the stadium. And um it's really crazy that process where you you have to sort of come to realize that that's not the case. These are real human beings who uh, can suffer harm uh, just like anybody else, and uh, it, it, it's it's really unfortunate that we have to learn that lesson like this. Yeah. Um, and, and so and 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 unfortunate that it had to be you know whatever this this accident was that happened, and so. Uh, yeah, again, condolences to him. Seems to, to have been a, a really great guy. Every everybody from every team he's ever played for is is, is really coming out with with a lot of love right now. And by the way, I, I I recall seeing things like that before he had passed away. I think he was yep. really liked by uh, Atlanta fans and Charlotte fans, even after he had left various teams. Um, and of course, a very talented athlete, and uh, really really unfortunate for for his life to end um, here. Because it obviously deserved yeah. uh, more, but uh, uh, I, I guess the the final note is just that obviously it was uh, we were lucky to have to be able to to have people like him in this league and and be able to enjoy uh, you know his his time and his his um, ability and and hopefully hopefully the you know the people close to him can can navigate through this process. Um, and hopefully the the support that they're getting from these fan bases helps with that. But yeah, again, condolences and, and very sad news. Yeah, one of the one of the things that uh, stood out to me is uh, Sam Jones, who writes about Atlanta United and, and covers them for Five Stripes podcast and, and the Striker. He had mentioned during his time covering Atlanta United that that Anton was always one of the nicest players to him and always one of the nicest guys to be around. So yeah. Um, yeah tragic unfortunate passing and it's unfortunate to end this uh episode on that note but um uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Ten Thousand pitches probably more minnesota united news to get to hopefully maybe more minnesota united signing news to get to maybe uh signing of the south korean variety who knows uh mm. but and uh, maybe and more news on their on their friendlies as well uh we will also have addition an addition of 10k stoppage time coming up right now so if you go over to patreon.com slash soda soccer you can find us there where we will be discussing the newest minnesota united signing that is over the line mikhail marquez swedish center back so if you want that content head over there if not no worries we'll catch you next week with another episode of 10k see you later